Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep history alive at the community level. I'm Tara Barrett, ICH researcher with Heritage NL. On today's episode, we talk comitics with Francine Winters, Dave Chalk, and Walter Fowler. Francine and Dave apprenticed with Alfred Jr. Winters, also known as Sonny. Sonny learned to build comitics from his father, Alfred, who was originally from Carmesook near Hopedale. Sonny usually makes six or seven comitics a year and has done so over the past 20 or 30 years. Francine developed carpentry skills from working on her house and cabin, including putting up walls, cabinets, and building an outdoor deck and greenhouse. Dave worked with wood all his life, including building a ramp, mending and repairing fencing, and crafting small objects like Christmas ornaments. We hear from Francine and Dave in Happy Valley Goose Bay about their experience with the Mentor Apprentice Program. Hi Francine and Dave, and welcome to the show. Thank you. And so just to start off, Dave, can you explain to us what a comatic is? A comatic is a trailer, basically, that you're told behind your skidoo or, or you're told by the dog team that used to, that used to be years ago, right? And basically, it's for the transportation of people and goods over the land in the winter. And traditionally, that would have been made out of, maybe I'll ask Francine, that would have traditionally been made out of wood? Yes, spruce lumber, mostly, and uh, very simple, just spruce lumber, nail screws, mm. and uh, running boards, and a tow bar. Back in the old days, uh, they used a lot of rope to keep them together instead of nails and screws because it was so expensive, and uh, that's all they had on hand. But you can get a comedic in 8-foot or 10-foot lengths, and usually a gas can compartment there. So it's usually 8-foot comedic with a 6-foot box. Or a 10-foot comic with an 8-foot box. That's and when you're box. saying box, uh, what what do you mean by the box? The box is uh, ply, it's just like a, cart, a plywood box that you put on top of the sleigh. And so that, again, that's where you put your goods or people would sit in that as well. I remember piling in there when we went fishing and it hurts. <laughs> but uh, we used to use cushions to sit on the, from the uh, couch cushions be quite rough on the comic and so francine you mentioned a little bit sitting in it was was quite uncomfortable so you would pile in with pillows and different things yes we all had big families so um we were going to go fishing or anything like that on the ice uh we would take the cushions from the couch and put them in the cabinet because it was a rough ride especially in the front because that's where it used to bang all the time but it was good lots of memories and uh yeah, uh, uh, that's all we used. And um, not only are they used for uh, transportation of goods, uh, going on long trips, moving, anything, going to the cabin, they're very sturdy. So they're great for really long, long travel. That's why a lot of people get them instead of the commercial fiberglass ones that are out now. It's the new fancy sleigh that's on the go. But uh um they they were reliable and we also used them my dad makes the mini sleigh which is only about probably four feet with a box on top of it a wheelbarrow or a wagon the mini one yeah you know women all their children on them when they're walking down the street or for myself when i'm working beyond the house to want to move it heavy objects i can put them on top of the comet the small comet and it's very easy to move them 
Yes, the one for caring children for mothers is the one that you push in front of you. Yeah. The one that we use in the yard and uh, dad's made one for each one of his children. <laughs> we put wood in it to go from the shed to the wood stove. We use it to haul anything that you come home with, like a lot of groceries and stuff like that. You just put it in the little comedic and tow it to your front door because it's long winters here so it's pretty a basic necessity here and you're both in goose bay correct yes we are and your father so i guess i would be francine's father and dave's father-in-law alfred or sunny i guess he yes. goes by sunny and sunny. he's also he's also located in goose bay yes he is I was reading the kind of application that you sent in. And so he was actually from, I'm probably going to mispronounce it, but Karmasuk near Hopedale. Is that where he was originally from? Or his uh, father? Yes, from Hopedale. Yes. And then that his family moved to Makovic. And then when the Americans uh, came here, um, they actually walked to Goose Bay to get a job. So, yeah, um, it's a long history there for the Winters is. But his dad was named Alfred also, Alfred Sr. And he taught him everything he knows. And it's just amazing to watch dad do what he does because he's done so many over the years. It's uh gives me a sense of pride. It's like this man knows what he's doing because he has everything down to a science. He's got his measurements written on the wall there. He knows exactly he could do this with his eyes closed. Like um, when he was showing us, um, everything had to fall in its order. And then he explained why the uh, runners had to be at a five degree angle and how the comedic has to be built this way. So if you're making a corner, the if it was standing up straight, the runners were straight, she would collapse. So it's all what he learned from his dad. So it was pretty amazing. And Dave, I'm just wondering, why why did you think it was important to learn how to make a comatic? Why was that something that was important? Well, it's something that I can utilize personally myself to use on uh, with my skidoo and also to, uh, you know, to, to have it passed on by Sonny because I have a little bit of history. When I was in the early 70s, I was probably 12 years old and my father bought the comatic off of Alfred, Sonny's father. And I went into the shop and, you know, met your grandfather, Francine, and he built the comatic there and him and dad, you know, dad, yeah. they knew each other. And the old comatic's actually down inside the shed here. Really? It's rotten now, unfortunately. But so, you know, I had that history. I wonder, that was the first time I was ever introduced to the comatic, right? But uh, I utilize it by, you know, using it to do the traditional activities that we do like fishing ice fishing and stuff and francine how about you why was it important for you to learn how to make a comatic from your father because i've always wanted to know how dad built these i always helped him sell them because it's a bit of income for himself and he's retired of course he's in his late 80s now and uh, still on the go but um he um i just wanted to see how he did it and i really wanted to build one myself 
And I tell you, it was the best experience ever because I got to see my dad in action and see exactly what he does. And he works hard. It's a it's a bit to it. And if you don't do it that way, it's wrong. <laughs> really, I'm the only real apprentice here because she's practically a carpenter anyway. She built my my arbor outside my door and everything like that. And she's a, quite a handy person. I so, yeah. So are there particular, I guess, skills or um, things that you knew in advance that were helpful for this? You know, you're saying that you had done a lot of woodwork and, and how about you, uh, Dave, was there anything that uh, you had done before that was really helpful to kind of making comatics? Uh, uh, just do a bit of basic carpentry. So it certainly helped my carpentry skills, right? A lot. I like to make shells and stuff, so it really so it's give me something else I can make, and and uh, I may make a few to sell in the future too. Who knows, right? So it's a source of income for me as well. Yes, we're both retired, so this is a good project for us. So uh, I'm definitely going to build a one, if yes. not more, because I mean um, we can carry this on now, uh, both of us, and I mean I'm pretty close to my brother-in-law and my sister I'm here all the time and yes. uh, it's a project we can do together and we can ask each other questions and one big benefit of this whole project is that we have the pictures and the videos oh my god I look back at them and it just warms my heart just to know that we did all this together and I have a piece of history now and this wouldn't have happened if we didn't participate in this project because uh it means a lot to me and my family a lot hmm. thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> thank you for taking part we that you know that's what we love to hear that it that it worked out that you're going to continue it that's yeah that's great Can you talk me through the process of how you made your comatic and how you went about um getting together and, and building it Yes, well, we couldn't start it till December because my dad was away for a while. And um, so we started in December and we only took a couple of weeks because my dad does not stop. He once he gets a project in his head or whatever it is, he's he's nope, got to get it today. Nope. Come down right now. I had like five minutes notice. OK, come down one o'clock dead <laughs> so and he, so that's why we do it so fast because he it's a job to keep up with dad but uh um yeah the process uh we started off with the runners and uh, using the table saw and then we went into the shed which is very small and uh we started on the bars we made the bars shaped the bars for the tie down ends right yes using the jigsaw and then we started at the um, stabilizing all the bars and uh, putting the running boards on. And then we started at the actual comatic box. And then the last piece was attaching the tow bar. And, uh, oh yes, and the painting. We did all the painting before, um, before we actually put the box on. So it was a bit of a, a bit of work and it's a it's a it's precise work too because it all has to work out because you're constructing a sleigh and uh the measurements are necessary you know so no it was great and uh dave maybe you can mention just kind of what were the materials that you used to make it i know you mentioned 
you know, you walk through some of the some of the process there, but what kind of wood did you, were you using? Well, we used spruce wood, right? And then the first process we had to do was shape the runner. Uh, so you got to bevel the, the runner at a 45 degree, I'm sorry, at a, at a five degree angle, the bottom of the runner to show that the, the sled is stable, like the, the runners on the bottom sitting on snow. Yeah, so we used the different tools. We used the bandsaw, the scroll saw, circular saw, jigsaw, drills, stuff like that. Is that the question you asked me? Is Yeah, just kind of what, what you were using, what kind of materials somebody might need to, I guess, make a comatech themselves. So okay, well, you would need uh, spruce wood. You would need uh, plywood, two by four, two by eight, two by twos. And you would need a, a circular saw, an hammer, nails and screws, and not much more than that, really, you know. And the plywood, is that for the box? And for the, the walls of the box, that's correct. And uh, for the comatech making itself, did you guys, did you follow a pattern? Was there a plan for cutting out the side, like the side, yes, like say the runners? Yeah. Well, Sonny had uh, templates made that he uses. And the shape of the, like the bars, okay, what the bars are, are the beat the floor of the sled, what you would sit on, the runners are underneath it, and it's like the, the span, the spanners across the runners, right? They're called bars. And on each of each bar, you have an indentation that's made for, so you can lash on your cargo, so you can tie stuff onto the sled, so it doesn't fall off when you're traveling. And then, of course, and then the, the curvature of the nose of the sled, the actual the skis of the sled, right? The runners. He has a template made up so for that curvature. And you, you trace that out, and then you cut it out. And they're homemade templates. One, yes. The template for the uh, bar is made out of for sheet the, metal. They're not, they're not bought at Canadian. They're not. <laughs> no, and the, they're... Uh, the curvature one for the runner that is made out of uh, the old panel board used to use in the houses. So everything is Probably handmade. Yes. Yeah. And uh, even the sheet metal, he, he cuts out his own sheet metal for the, um, for the top of the curvature to hold all that together. Yeah. The nose right? of it. Yeah. That's all made itself. So nothing is but, in the store everything is either handmade scrounged or you know just put together and uh, they're really strong and now the sheet metal that you mentioned that goes at the top of the runner is that right to keep it kind of I guess to slide over the snow properly is that correct yes uh, the nose of it is actually a, a thin sheet a strip of sheet metal it's probably about an inch wide and uh, that just goes over the curvature of the nose just to uh, for structure for okay. to keep it under it's glued under it's screwed on there because it's a second piece and you just put that over there to protect it from erosion as you go through snow and ice yeah. right? it was just wood or it would roll away eventually right and the runners would meet up with this strip of uh, Deflon runners are on the bottom which were slipperiness right now the one that Francine's grandfather made for my father they didn't have Teflon back in those days. They were all sheet metal runners. It was a little bit sticky because <laughs> it would heat up and freeze on. I remember that, right? Yes. But now, because of 
the improvement of the invention of Teflon. It's much better. Francine mentioned at the beginning that Sonny's really kind of, you know, once he gets started, he really gets started. But about how long would it take you? I guess maybe if you're looking to make one yourself now that you kind of know the process, how long do you think it would take you from start to finish to, to work on a Comatic? It would take me a, a week, uh, I would say. Dead three days. <laughs> yeah, it would take me about five, five, seven days. I'd say if I was dedicated to it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. As a rookie and starting over yeah. and making sure I got everything right. Now I'm going to log everything down to um, yeah. all of the measurements and everything. And-, and now I was wondering, you mentioned, you know, buying spruce and kind of the materials that we're using traditionally would, would Sonny or his father, would they have, uh, would they have gone out in the woods and chosen their own kind of wood and, and cut it themselves? You know, if that was something that they would have done traditionally? Oh, definitely. Yes. Definitely. Even my dad now, he still goes out in the woods and gets logs because it's so much cheaper. And he has a friend who has a sawmill now, yes. so he'll get all his lumber cut. And it's strong wood. But uh, yeah, he's he's still at it. He's You can see dad there with the logs in the backyard. And uh, yeah, his, his whole backyard is full of wood. Same like mine. <laughs> now, I've got a question that I, I'd like to ask both of you, uh, maybe Dave, if you want to start. So what makes a good Comatic? What makes a good Comatic are the products, the good solid wood, and also straight wood. The, uh, <laughs> straight wood, yes, and the craftsmanship and the dedication to doing a good job by making sure your Comatic is square and all your, your guts are straight and your drills holes are straight. You know, it's... It, if it's sloppily built, it'd be, it would show, right? So you can see, like, Sonny is so used to it that where I've got to slow down to make sure I'm drilling straight down, Sonny just, because he's used to it, right? He's made mm-hmm. hundreds. But that's the biggest thing is you have to be very careful and always practice good craftsmanship skills, right? And Francine, anything anything to add for what makes a good Comatic? Basically, follow what dad did, because over the years, he's learned uh, what works and what's strong. Uh, you'll see other comics for sale, and I compared them with what dad has. And I know I'm bragging about my dad, but the way he makes them, they're strong, because he has a reputation, a great reputation for building them, and they know they're strong. Solid. They're mm-hmm. solid. Thank you again so much. Thank, Thank you, you. Up next, we hear clips from a field trip to visit Walter Fowler in his shed in Capstan Island in southern Labrador. Walter was 20 years old when he built his first Comatic and has now been building Comatics for over 50 years. He learned from his father and his older brother. In this clip, we hear how Walter made his first Comatic, as well as how the Comatic patterns differ depending on the maker. Are there many people in the area that still make Comatics? Uh, yeah, Fuller of Coal, we make a lot. Uh, Ray Fowler, he makes a good many comics. Uh, everyone in this place got comics. And they all make their own. Everyone. And how did you learn how to make them? Uh, well, when I moved up here, moved up here in 77. And, well, you couldn't get somebody to do something for you all time, so that's when I started to make my own. Now, the first one didn't come out good, don't. Uh, and the first one I made, Bob Smith, and he did for years. That's who made my first comic. i never forget it. It was yellow and the two sisters paint are yellow. Yeah, that was in the, that's the first comic ever I had. The first skidoo ever had. After that, I made my own. 
And when you when you tried to make your own, did you did you have a pattern, or were you just trying? Like no, no, you get a pattern from yeah. top by the end. Yeah. That's how. Then you cut it your own after. I got my own now. I got down in the grade. Mm. Yeah. And I asked you earlier about, I guess traditionally when people were going in the woods looking for pieces for the runners, you said that they might be looking for. Stick with a bend in. Because I don't know the idea with it. Go in and look for a nice big stick. Mm -hmm. With a stick half the size with a bend in, mm -hmm. was better than the big stick. She's a four inch, one runner's four inches. Wow, okay. Yeah. But usually you'd have, you'd have, what would the, what would the difference be between like a one inch one and a four inch? Like why would you use one that was one inch versus one Easier to haul, they says when you would wait and caribou on it was easier to, the four inch runner had a 16 shoe. And a 16 shoe, you're done with a piece of plastic that wide. And you got 12 inches on the snow. I put two and a half on mine. Right, so, so you it's had five inches. You had more weight. It'd be more like, distributed. Yeah. It would be more even. What's a shoe? That's a uh, my goes on snow. Camera shoe, the car. The boys uh, that uh, Teflon, white Teflon, or you can buy. A sheet and saw it up, but no one don't do that because it's too expensive. Yeah. You go up the store and you buy two inch or two and a half or four or six or whatever, and you can buy the quarter inch, mm -hmm. take three eight or half inch. And traditionally, what would they have used for steel? Yeah, steel runner, steel shoes. Mm -hmm. Oh, that'd be something with steel shoes. No one used that now. No. Not too hard to haul. Been down the beach in the fall of the year, hauling that over the sand to get the rust out of it. So it'll be easier for the haul. Okay. Go on snow. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, Teflon now. And how many comatics do you think you've made? Uh, I'd say maybe 15. I go 15. I sure I made them many, because I got, I got one in there now. I got two down. In old man's door, I got up in old man's house, and I got one over in Billard's Grace. So I got four comics now, plus plus that one. Plus that one. And you said the pattern came from that pattern there. This one here come from the Barneys, Foxhole. Now he comes from the Flint now, but that's where he come from, Foxhole. Bill Barney's pattern. That's what I always called him. No one ever ever brought me up. No, that's Bill Barney's pattern. Yeah, Foxhole. And you said earlier that there's a difference between, say, one from this community versus. Well, one yeah. Well, every fuller make can be a little different. But in my dad, he started off up further, another one that way further. Everyone got it, but they're all the same thing. But they're all little different birds in the county. So you're saying the angle of the the, the nose, yeah. And you were saying earlier the the curve. It, you know, you get much more of a curve on something that you're going to use, say, for a dog sled. Yeah, with dog team, I one more of a curve that's harder to haul. If that was down here it can be dug in a lot, but skidoo don't matter there. But that's the dog, that's the old dog's comic, that one. Big line nose on it. In this next clip, Walter shares stories of having and caring for dog teams, as well as how comatics were traditionally used in his community. Now, is there anybody around who still uses dog sleds? Or sorry, dog, like dogs for dog sled? No. No, dogs went out here a long, long while ago. We had them. Growing up? Oh, <laughs> that's what we did. We had 15 one winter, 16. Oh. And where did you grow up? Because you said when you came down here, so where did you grow up? 
Down there, just down here. Well, oh, okay, you meant when you moved no, up no, into this area. Our, when we were growing up, yeah. was near a house on the highway side. All the houses, you would crook up now, what they well, all the houses was out there. So they were all down water side? Yeah, one, right out to the point. We all lived out there. Like down actually where the To the 70s. 70s, they started uh, moving in by the highway. This first lot of houses come in there. And you said you had 15 dogs one year? We had 15 dogs. Yeah, we have 15 dogs, all right. <laughs> and what was it like having to look after them? Like A lot of work. Yeah. 15 dogs. You have to have going. I know you're familiar what they call the scaffold. Like scaffolding? or? Yeah, you put it in. We have wooden scaffold put up. In the fall, you put all your uh, dog grubber, herring, and fish up on the scaffold. Okay. And when it freeze, you go over now before it get dark and take the axe. Chop it out and heave it down over, and all the dogs are home and eat it. At this time of year, it wouldn't be it, but in the summertime, when you had to feed them and give them a drink every day. Hmm. In one year, we had a lot of dogs. Three teams got the two brothers and an old man. Now, you mentioned like looking after the dogs when you were a kid and the comatics being used for like hauling wood. Did you ever use them? Country work. Country work, yeah. Brother used to do a lot of country work back okay. then. Yeah, dogs and comics. Yeah. First comics come out was uh, toy. The last comic, last line instead of nailed. Oh, okay. Bore down through and done my line. I see it uh, on the program a couple of nights ago. So you would tie it as opposed to using nails or yeah, screws? Yeah, well, it was a lot of work. You take your bar board, too old, too old. Hold there and hold there and shove your line up through and in through and up through. So but on this, mm -hmm. that'd be done whatever you want. But um, I see old man doing one one time mm -hmm. since I've been big enough. To, mm -hmm. But I watched the program the other night and you with this way he was doing it. So only can't we? Right. Yeah, I watched him doing it. Hmm. Worked what you know that stuff because I know what he was doing. I know when I seen that I know what he was. He was at. And I guess easier if you don't have. <laughs> uh, you don't have access to nails or, or screws, no, then uh, yeah. you use what you got. And they wouldn't break down, not they nailed. When you were growing up and you had the dog sled and you had the Comatech, what were you using? Was it mainly for... Wood and water. Well, wood, you go in here and didn't get your wood. And get, I mean, But you use them down the river getting plank sticks and up the river getting logs. And you put them out in the river and wait till the river break up in the spring of the year and catch them and go down the boat and get them. Okay. Yeah, that was, I wouldn't have that. Just little, little for my. Uh, okay, explain that to me again. You go in on the end of spring of the year and cut yeah. logs okay. and heave them on the river. Ah, uh, okay. And when the river come out in the spring, right after out, you might put it, pick up a hundred logs, but that hundred logs might be belonging to me. Everyone had their X out in or right. one and the V or easiest thing you could make. Um, but you might pick up a hundred logs Somebody. and one of them yours. Yeah. So. So the other fella picked up yours. Right. That's the way it was done. Yeah. Pick them up motorboat. Motorboat. Mm. In the spring of the year. Walter is a mentor in Heritage NL's Mentor Apprentice Program. His apprentice is his son, Peter Fowler, who has basic carpentry skills and is familiar with the process of making a comatic. Although prior to the program, he hadn't made one himself. Walter explains in this last clip the importance of a new comatic to him and that for him, it isn't a difficult process to explain. Well, it's not complicated, I mean, you know. Hmm. Back then, most everyone made, uh, first, uh, 
Well, if I, like I told you, first one ever I met, uh, ever I had, Bob Smith met him. Mm -hmm. Boy, I thought I had a new truck. What? Going around with a new comic, painted yellow, same color as Skidoo. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it worked a lot more to your day than it did now, though. Mm. Now, now, I don't mean. Oh, thank you very much. You've been listening to the Living Heritage Podcast, a co-production of Heritage NL and CHMR Radio at Memorial University. You can find previous episodes on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. We're on Twitter at HFNLCA. Do you have a question or a suggestion about an aspect of culture and heritage you want us to explore? Send us your mail, and we'll do our best to answer it in an upcoming show. Email us at livingheritagepodcast at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Lache Swing. Thanks for listening. <laughs>